What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Special thanks to Better Edge. Better Edge, the place to make all of your bets this football season. Football getting going, college football just starting up, NFL right around the corner. Get rid of minus 110. Start making every bet even money. And here's what that looks like. The average better is going to go about 50% lifetime. Well, if you get rid of minus 110, now you're betting risk-free. You're, you're winning as much as you're losing, and you're going 50%. And that's best case scenario. On top of all of that, Better Edge, it's a social platform. It's technically not a sports book, which is why they can not charge a VIG, but it's, it's fun. You make a profile, follow your friends, there's tournaments, competitions, it tracks your record, it, it gives you cool stats about your games, and lets you know where you're, where you're good at betting, where you struggle at betting, all that stuff. It's so fun. So check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, like sports better. Use promo code SHARP for a free $10, and that promo code lets them know we sent you right here on the Sharp Angle Podcast. Online, betteredge.com, promo code SHARP. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing today? Happy Football Friday. We're actually coming out with this Saturday morning. I was going to do the show yesterday. I didn't have a, any time. <laughs> I, uh, I went golfing with some buddies who were in town in the morning, and then I went to the uh, CU-UNC football game last night. For those who don't know, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I have season tickets to the CU Buffs football uh, team, so... Go uh, watch every game they play. Have for quite some time. Let's go Buffs. But uh, yeah, yesterday morning went and played some golf with some friends from out of town. Good to catch up with some buddies. Let me tell you though, golf, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Golf is a huge waste of time. My God, we woke up yesterday. I woke up at like 6 a.m. I didn't, you know, to get ready for golf, we had an 8 a.m. tea time. I didn't get home till like 1 o'clock. I mean... Oh, boy. I mean, it's just, look, golf is fun. It's good to see your buddies, but I think that's a sport for people who want to kill time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, we get home, like, the, the days go, the entire day. Like, what happened? Uh, golf, 18, man. Whew. Anyway, uh, Football Friday. So, uh, since we didn't have a chance to do yesterday's show, what we'll do, play back a portion of... Uh, college football tailgate. And I understand today's Saturday, a lot of college football going on today, but this is pretty much what we have to play for this week's football Friday. So uh, this is, and this is the last time, by the way, we're going to do this. We've replayed this show a couple Fridays in a row on uh, the Sharp Angle. It's because we want to let everyone know college football tailgate, great college football uh, podcast if you guys are into uh, college football. So yeah, we'll replay uh, this week's show, or at least a portion of this week's show when we were making our picks and uh, yeah, we'll leave you guys with those. So happy Football Friday. Stay tuned because right after this, we will do Saturday's Quick Picks and give out some of our own for today. So good luck. Uh, here is a portion of College Football Tailgate. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, Penn State at Wisconsin. This is a huge game for both these teams week one. Both teams struggled last year, really bad years. You know, the COVID stuff, you know, whatever that means on how good or, or how bad they were. They both bring back a lot of starters. They're looking for this year to be a turnaround season. But to me, the pressure is more on Penn State here. Wisconsin can lose this game and still have a clear road to winning the Big Ten West, playing the Big Ten championship game. Penn State's going to need every win in order to have a chance to beat Ohio State if they want to go to the Big Ten championship and win the East. I think Wisconsin 
has the superior defense here, but I also think Penn State has a much better offense, at least on paper they do. you got Sean Clifford, Noah Kane, Jahan Dotson. These guys are all game breakers if they can put it together. That's kind of been the question for them last year is they shine in moments and they were really sloppy in other times. You know, I think that this could be a year where they take a big step up, they score a lot of points, but you look at Wisconsin, Graham Mertz at quarterback, I think he's got a chance to be the best quarterback in Wisconsin history, honestly. They've never had, I think he was a five-star recruit, but are the wide receiver targets, you know, are they there for him? They're a little unproven. I, I, you know, I do question, can Jalen Berger be the next great Wisconsin running back? You know, we've seen just this line year after year. It's always these great Wisconsin running backs go to the NFL. Last year, it was kind of like a, a, a weird thing where they didn't have a dominant running back. Can Jalen Berger be that guy? I think the Wisconsin offensive line is going to be very good. And I think that you look at Penn State's front seven, especially in the linebacker core, they're thin, they're vulnerable. They had one of their best guys uh, get injured in the in fall camp. He's out for the year. I think they're vulnerable. And so what I see here is I see a Penn State offense that is explosive, and I see a Penn State defense that has some soft points that can be taken advantage of by this Wisconsin running game. And to me, I think that's, that means both teams are going to score in this game the whole way through. The over is only 50 points right now. So I'm taking the over of 50. I think you'll see both these these teams score a lot of points. And if I had to choose against the spread, I think I'd take Penn State in the points. But my favorite bet is over 50. I am running away from this game. Really? Yeah, I'm scared of it, man. It's uh, These are going to be two really good teams. Yep. I mean, they are going to be some of the most improved teams in the country, some of the more surprised teams in the country, and that's saying something because we're not talking about a bad Wisconsin team last year, right? They were very good. So I think that this is going to be a, a powerhouse football game, and right now it may not be advertised that way, but through the year when people see how good both these teams are, so to me, I, I just don't have such a strong opinion on either side here. I think there's two great teams. I think that very small things are going to dictate this game. A turnover here, a punt return there. So I don't want anything to do with this game. I okay. mean, I would put the number right where it is now and, and pass it. By the way, I don't know if I said it. Wisconsin's a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home right here. Yeah, four-and-a-half. Uh, around five, potentially, but yeah, uh, four-and-a-half. Yeah, and Camp Randall's a really tough place to play. You know, I just see I see a step back for Penn State into being a really good team this year. They really struggled last year. No, I do too, but I want nothing to do with that game. Pass. All right, we move to the South. Alabama, reigning national champions, playing Miami. This is a neutral site game in Atlanta, currently 19-point favorites against Ooh. the current Hurricanes. <laughs> Look, this is just Bama, and they're going to have these big numbers, and they're scary. But can you trust... I don't know. Who can you trust here? Can you trust Miami here to cover that many points? I don't know. Can you trust... Alabama off a national championship to be fully motivated. You know, to me, that's a big factor in a game like this. And this season for Alabama is they just had like one of the best college football seasons in college football history. They score a ton of points. What's the motivation here? And, you know, I think if you can find it anywhere, it's on the offense. You know, uh, it's basically an entire new offense for Alabama. They have a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. They lose Sark. You know, they, they only bring back, I think, three starters from the offense. Now, look, they definitely can't be as good as last year's Bama offense. That was historic. But these guys want to prove themselves. Bryce Young, he wants to prove himself a quarterback. Bill O'Brien, he's trying to prove that he's still a, a good coach. You know, he's going to be the next guy to come into Alabama, work under Nick Saban for a couple of years, and hopefully get a job at a big school after that. Brian Robinson, the running back, filling in for Najee Harris. John Mechie, you know, they were so deep at wide receiver over the last few years. And this guy somehow 
you know, kind of fell in through the cracks just because of how deep they were. John Mechie is like one of the best wide receivers in the whole country. You got Jaleel Billingsley at, at tight end. I mean, the list just goes on. And so to me, there's motivation from the offensive side of the football to go out, score a lot. They're not going to bench Bryce Young, you know, early in the game because he needs experience. He hasn't played a lot. And, you know, look, these guys may have last, they may have rings from last year from the championship, but they weren't the reason why they have the rings. I think that that's the motivation to come out here and ball against a good team in Miami, you know, and then you look at the defense. They bring back eight guys from last year. Alabama hasn't had like that dominant defense. We've come to know Alabama, you know, having, and I think that that could be this year. They bring back eight starters. I think this could be one of the best defenses in the country. And I think they can slow down Miami's talent on offense. Miami's loaded on offense. Derek King, uh, they got Cameron uh, Harris at running back. They got some wide receiver uh, talent. The guy transferred in from Oklahoma, Rambo, you know, I just think you look at Bama over the last decade or so when they have week one games against big name programs, they win and they tend to win big too. So even though that 19 number is big, I'm going to take Bama minus 19 here. I, what's my rule? What's my rule, Will? You don't bet uh, names, right? Or numbers? No, I don't bet against Nick Saban. Oh, okay. You got a <laughs> couple do, rules. I do bet a name. I don't bet, or I do have a rule <laughs> okay, with the names. Yeah. I don't bet against Nick Saban. I want to take Miami so bad. It's, it's taking everything in me not to make this bet board game but I'm not going to get burned again fading little Nikki. I'd rather have this, pass it. If they happen to not cover, fine. I feel fine about that, but I've done it too many times. I not going to take Miami. Nope, not doing it. Okay. I want to, but Damn. I'm not going to. I thought we might have a bet board game already, but we don't. No. We still got plenty left, though. All right, so I'm on Bama minus 19. Towers, stay away. Next game up, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns going on the road to Austin. They take on Texas. Texas currently an eight-point. You're, you're doing a lot of games in a row where I, I'm passing or don't have a lot here. So you don't like that, this one? I don't oh. love this one. No. I, I, you're probably going to get into it, but the Raging Cages are a good team. Very good I team. I mean, this is going to be a, a a better game than people think. And again, not to just you know go back to my power ratings, it's right on eight for me. So I think Texas should be uh, eight, maybe eight and a half point favorites. Well, that's what's so fascinating. This line opened at 15. Beginning right. of the year, Texas minus 15. You could get it as high what as... What is it right now? Eight. Okay. Te- Texas See. minus eight at home. That's a touchdown movement. That's massive. So obviously, you know, a, a lot of money must have come in on the Raging Cajuns. Look, I love Billy Napier, the head coach for Louisiana. They were 10-1 to last year. They only lost to Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt. They weren't able to play in the Sun Belt uh, National Championship game because of COVID. They took down Iowa State in Ames, Iowa last year, week one. So Tyler Tyler loves these guys. You should love these guys for that. Look, they're bringing back 20 starters. You know, their quarterback's coming back. They're a very good team. Uh, Louisiana is a very good team, and they're fun to watch. And then you look at Texas. You know, Hudson Card just got announced today as the starter at quarterback. Sark announced him over uh, Casey Thompson. Sounds like both might play, though. These guys were really neck and neck. Uh, in, in fall camp. Casey Thompson played last year, of course, in the bowl game. Sorry to bring it up, Tyler. Mm-hmm. He looked very good against Colorado Buffaloes. But Hudson Card's like this big, you know, uh, very talented recruit. I think he's a redshirt freshman. He's he's local kid. He's from Austin. And they bring back eight starters on offense, really good running back, seven on defense. Look, this game to me is known commodity, known safe commodity versus the flashy unknown. There's a scene in Simpsons I love where uh, Mr. Burns, who runs the nuclear plant, he's got like a lawsuit on his hands for like breaking the rules. <laughs> and there's like a nuclear spill or something. Yeah. And he offers the nuclear inspector. He goes, you can have 
the uh, the wa- you can win this. Your bribe can either be the washer and dryer or the mystery box. And it's just a box with question marks all over it. And the guy goes, mystery box, mystery <laughs> box. That's what this game is. Texas is a mystery box. It's flashy. They've got more talent at every position. But the, it's just a question mark. Can Sark and his staff put it together week one? You know, uh, Raging Cajuns, they love to run the ball last year and chew up possession. They really didn't throw the ball a lot. You look at defensive coordinator for Texas, Pete Kwiatkowski comes over from Washington and Boise State before that. He has depth, and he can get this front seven to play strong and force Louisiana to pass the ball more than they like, I think. You know, I I hate to be the guy that just jumps at the flashy, you know, mystery box, but I think it all just comes down to Sark getting the big plays on offense against Louisiana, which I think he can do. I think that there's talent there. If, If they can get Hudson Card to break a couple big plays, you know, find the open man. I think their defense can hold up against Louisiana, force them to throw more than they want, keep them from running the ball and dominating possession. The number was outrageous at 15, but at eight, I feel a lot better. I'm going to take ex- take Texas minus eight. I mean, I would, again, I'd lean Texas. I don't love this, but I, I actually think I would lean Raging Cajun's first half line, Texas, Texas for the game. I think okay. the, the ULL oh, yeah. can keep it close for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that Texas has so much upside. And trust me, if Sark can run the score up, he's going to want to. He for wants sure. to start quick. He looks at that as a game where, I mean, look, he's looking at their schedule. He's saying, okay, we don't have that many wins on the schedule for sure. Let's run it up here. So it's a question of Mark. You know, I think that he's going to try to, but I believe that. Uh, the Raging Cajuns with the best mascot and one of the best mascots in football, Cayenne. Of course. Well, the best like uh, person mascot, yeah. not like live he's a pepper. mascot. The live mascot obviously goes to Ralphie the Buffalo. But, of course. Uh, hey, he's a big old pepper. But I go Texas for the game. So Okay. Uh, LSU-UCLA, Tyler. We're finally getting there. LSU-UCLA. LSU, a four-point favorite on the road mm-hmm. at UCLA. We talked about it before. They're practicing in Houston all week uh, thanks to the hurricane, so they don't get to be on their home turf for practice. UCLA, they got a warm-up game against Hawaii. LSU, they're practicing away from their home. You know, look, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We, we tried to make it a bet board game. We broke it down. I think this is going to be a great game. I actually think this could be the best game of the week, potentially, just as far as entertainment value. I think UCLA is going to shock some people this year. I think that they could be a team that ends up winning the Pac-12 South. Um, they're really talented on offense. Everyone knows that, but... You know, is the defense going to be able to put it together this year? I think they have a lot of talent, a lot of starters back. You know, I I, I think that LSU is going to be really good too, though. They're having a bounce back year. You know, they they have a lot of talent everywhere, like LSU always does. But to me, these teams are even. And if you're going to give me the home team catching four points, you know, they got a game under their belt. I know that can work both ways for LSU having tape on them. But I like UCLA in this spot. LSU doesn't travel to the West Coast very often. I don't know if that's going to have a huge effect. We'll see. I'm so excited for this game, but I'm going to take the Bruins plus four at home. You So, because you said you have these teams equal or rated even. Yeah. I have, just so you know, I've got LSU about three points better myself. Okay. So, it's kind of in line with this, and it's actually moved because it's three now, and it was four, four and a half for a while. But to me... This all this whole entire game comes down to how we what we said earlier. How is LSU dealing with this mentally? I I don't know. You know, I, I think that if you really want to bet on this game, you have to follow every LSU player on Twitter and Instagram and get a good sense of how they're dealing with it. Is it a motivation? Is it a positive? A negative? Because um, 
if that wasn't going on and I saw LSU minus three, this would absolutely be a bet board game for me. Well, not absolutely. It'd be, it'd be close, but I think I'd take LSU. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 I just think that there's too many unknowns with that, but okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, look, they should be able to get motivated just with it being the first game of the year. You know, that's always motivating for guys. They want to get out yeah, there, totally. showcase stuff. But and and, and fatigue won't be as much of a factor. But as I also said earlier, I upgraded UCLA substantially after that first game. As a matter of fact, getting my notes, yeah, get, let's see your ratings. Dude, I upgraded them five points. That's, that's a, a that's such a big that's upgrade a after one game. Okay, so. I don't think I overreacted. I think that you were ahead of this, and UCLA is going to be very good. Um, so there, there's stuff going both ways here, but to me, this all comes down to how does LSU perform? Because, uh, again, and this is my last point, UCLA is going to be very good. But this is still Pac-12. Yeah. We don't know if they can true. keep up with an LSU team that, I mean, if we're talking numbers, I haven't read my 10th best team in the country. Yeah. So it's going to be a great game. And uh, I would lean LSU minus three if everyone's going to show up and play hard. I think this is just a game where I, I'm not sure I'd be shocked anyway. I'd be, I guess I'd be shocked if UCLA blows the doors off of LSU. I wouldn't be shocked if LSU does that to UCLA, though. And I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see this be a close game either way. Um, you know, it's a high total, 67 and a half points. They think there's going to be a lot of points on the field. Um, you know, to me, that just means that UCLA is going to have a chance to score on this LSU defense. Total juxtaposition of coaches, too. You get Ed Orgeron, the big old <laughs> tough, well, we're not going to go out there, don't matter what happened to old boo. And then you get Chip, <laughs> Chip Kelly, Kelly, just a nerd. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Total nerd. Uh, all right, Sunday night game, Notre Dame at Florida State. Uh, right now, Notre Dame's seven-and-a-half-point road favorite going to, uh, wait, Tallahassee? That's where Florida State is, right? Tallahassee, my friend. Line open nine and a half. This number's come down. Look, Mike Norvell, he gets his first full offseason in fall camp at Florida State. When he came in last year, it was his first year. COVID happens. Didn't get an offseason. Barely got a full camp. Now he's got you know the whole offseason coming back and potentially a new quarterback in Mackenzie Milton, the, the Central Florida transfer who was amazing in Central Florida until he had a really horrifying knee injury, had to take a whole year off football. He's back and healthy. They have not announced who will be the starter between Milton and Jordan Travis. Travis played, of course, last year for the Seminoles. Uh, Travis, he's a little more mobile than Milton. He's really good with his legs, one of the best runners in the country. But can he be an elite passer like Milton has? We've seen it with Milton for a couple of years at Central Florida. He was, you know, he was absolutely a monster uh, in the passing game. And either way, I mean, I like the weapons around the quarterback position. I do think, by the way, Mackenzie Milton will end up being the starter yeah, on Sunday too. night. Um, but I love the weapons. You know, the, uh, Jay Sean Corbin at running back, they have really good wide receivers. They're really talented. For this Florida State team, they were 3-6 and six last year, and they were pretty much horrible the whole way through. They did have a really big upset win at home against North Carolina that no one saw coming. So we know they're capable of upsetting, uh, you know, bigger teams at home. And then you look at Notre Dame, they return only three starters on offense. They lose Ian Book. They lose basically the whole offensive line. A lot of these guys went to the NFL. They bring in Jack Cohn, the transfer from Wisconsin. He's going to be the quarterback. You know, they, they do have six guys back on defense, but they lose their their defense coordinator, Clark Lee. He goes and takes the head coaching job at Vanderbilt. Good luck there. They <laughs> they do bring in a good guy to replace him, by the way. Marcus Freeman comes over from Cincinnati. He had been there with Luke Fickle, had a really good defense. But to me, these are question marks. You know, you bring in a new coordinator, maybe it's a new system a little bit, you know, new guys coming in, whole new offense. 
you know, I think Notre Dame has a bit of a down year by their standards. That I don't think they're going to win seven games or anything crazy like that. But I could see them having two or three losses. And I think Florida State is going to be a surprise team this year that might, you know, win six, seven games potentially. And they're just going to be a chaos team where you never know what's going to happen. And for me, you get that extra half point, seven and a half at home. It's the only game on that night. This is a primetime game. Everyone's going to be watching. For that reason, I'm taking the Seminoles plus seven and a half. God damn, I'm also on the Seminoles this game. Ah, Tyler, yeah. what the hell? I know. I thought we were going to have more Beppor games. I know. But, and here's the thing with Notre Dame. They are loaded with transfers. But like you said, too many uncertainties early in the year. I don't like betting on teams like this with too many variables early yeah. in the season. So nine starters coming back total. We talked about it earlier. The average this year, 16 and a half, three right. and a half more than average. They're bringing back nine. So not a big fan of that. I'm going to take uh, Florida State plus seven and a half at home. Watch out. If they're close, and this is a close in the fourth quarter, may have a live underdog. But uh, Yeah, and you said it. Florida State. I mean, nine starters back. And unfortunately, you know, Notre Dame's a, one of the best football programs in the whole country, but they're not on the same level as a Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, where when they lose that many starters, it's just like an, an easy thing to jump back in. Right, right. And so I think that's big for them. Uh, Monday night, Louisville at Ole Miss. This game, is, <laughs> this game could be wild. This could be an absolute track meet. Ole Miss, 9.5-point favorite at home. The total is 75.5 points. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of points. That's like Big 12 from a few years ago. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, a massive total. Look, I really like Ole Miss. I love what Lane Kiffin is doing. Matt Corral, the whole offense, I think they're going to be putting up huge numbers. And I think that you bring back all these. They've got nine starters back on defense. Their defense was terrible last year, so maybe that nine starters number isn't quite as significant, but it's really just, can they make a little bit of a jump? They don't have to be good. Can they just be an average defense? And to me, that gets them to a lot more wins. They're in a lot more games just by the nature of their offense being so good in Louisville. Scott Satterfield is a guy who I really liked coming out of Appalachian State. He had a really good first year at Louisville, uh, but things have kind of gotten rocky there. They lose a lot of their weapons around Michael Cunningham, the uh, quarterback. They lose Javion Henderson, I think was his name. They had another uh, wide receiver who's really good that they lost. And to me, it's just, it, it, there's not a good vibe with Louisville right now. He was basically flirting with other jobs. He came back and didn't seem too excited about it. I don't love Louisville here. I, I, I think Ole Miss at home, 10 points is a lot, especially with two teams that should have, you know, pretty explosive offenses and Ole Miss's defense being a question mark. So I'm not totally sure if I want to lay that 10 points for Ole Miss here. However, 75 and a half is an absurd total. And even though I think both these teams are going to have great offenses, you know, I think you could see some kinks that get worked out against this. And I don't think that Louisville is going to be able to score, you know, 30 points against Ole Miss. I just don't. And so I'm going to go under 75 and a half for that total. I like uh, Mississippi uh, Ole Miss minus 10 here. Okay. I think they can cover it. I see a high total and I don't think Louisville has what it takes to keep up. I'm actually not very high on the Cardinals at all this year. Um, So... Mississippi, uh, I, I, I'm looking at the the board right now, and it says Mississippi. Yeah. I never call them Mississippi. I always call them Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, the um, Rebs. No, exactly. They're going to be loaded. I'm excited to see what they do this year. They're going to hit the ground running. Smoke weed, talk shit like Lane Kiffin. Amen. Um, that's a little Wayne quote for the for the youngsters out there. Shout out Weezy. Yes, but uh, no, let's take uh, Ole Miss minus 10. Okay, love it. And uh, last game, biggest game of the weekend, Georgia versus Clemson. This game is in Atlanta, I believe, right? Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's it where the Carolina Panthers play. Oh, okay. So it's in North Carolina. Yes. So almost a home game Bank for of America Clemson. Stadium, I believe. Bank of America. Shout out uh, Big Banks. They're awesome. Uh, Clemson currently a three-point favorite here. Definitely the biggest game of the weekend. Huge matchup. Both these teams ranked, I think, in the top five. Uh, look, Georgia 
thinks this is their year to win the SEC and to win it all, perhaps. You know, uh, they think this is the year they can take down Bama. Clemson, they got spanked by Ohio State in the playoffs last year. No more Trevor Lawrence. The DJ Uyunglele era has begun. And the Tigers, of course, heavy favorites to win the college football championship. You know, if they can get past Georgia here, they're probably just going to go undefeated because they should be the best team in the ACC every year. They've won it, I think, seven years running. Um, but you look at Georgia... They turned into a real contender last year once JD, JT Daniels took over at quarterback. He was a transfer from Southern Cal. He wasn't healthy. They started a different guy. When he comes in, all of a sudden the offense is just lighting it up. They always had a good defense. Now they're like an offensive juggernaut. They won four straight to finish the year. Offense took off, scored a lot of points. Georgia, you know, they have a really good defense and a really great defensive line. You know, I, I just think that this is going to be a heavyweight battle where both the offenses are going to shine. I know Georgia's got a great defensive line but i don't know if they're going to be able to you know slow down dj uyunglele and all the weapons for clemson where you going georgia's got great weapons for jt daniels you you know what i love about your about your breakdowns (laughs) you give a little bit for this team a little bit for that team exactly it's like this isn't i'm not shumlo on twist i'm excited to see where you're going i don't want to give it up uh early you know zamir zamir white running back i love these guys eric gilbert a lot of good wide receivers for georgia and so look if if i had to make a bet i think on, on the spread i think i'm I'll, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just say it. I'll take Georgia plus three, and I'm, and, but I love the over. The over is only 51 and a half points. I think you're going to see both these teams score high 20s into the 30s. You know, I know there's a lot of talent on defense, but this is just such a big matchup and so many good guys on offense for both these teams. I think this game uh, is high scoring, so I'm going over 51 and a half, Georgia plus three. We got a bet board game. Yes. I am taking the Clemson Tigers here. And this is a bet that I really like. Well, I'm not just saying that because it's a bet board game. If you were on Clemson 2, I was going to announce this is one of my favorite games this weekend. I have Clemson minus five. I'll start off there, okay? And that's after everything's said and done. Both these teams are very elite. Let's not look past the fact that, I mean, you talk about national championship contenders. I put Georgia in that conversation, no doubt. They're right there this year. They're loaded, great coaching staff. I think Georgia is going to be really good this year. Something that I didn't incorporate into my handicap, okay? So I want, I want to put this out there first because I didn't incorporate this into anything. This is just a factor that I want to put out there and that I want to sort of make public now because I think in a couple of weeks when everyone's jumping on this train, I can play this back and say, you know... I Told you so. Exactly. You heard it, heard it here first on the tailgate, but... I'm not saying that JT Daniels is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying, what are you playing? Four games last year? We have seen time after time quarterbacks come out, first half the season, look amazing. And then they get caught up because tape's put out there. Now, Kirby Smart knows this. I think JT Daniels is better than the average quarterback in that situation. But still, I believe people are way too high on JT Daniels. And it's not just me. Pro Football Focus, one of the most respected advanced analytics football sites, says the same thing. They think that uh, while he's good, certainly not great. As a matter of fact, last year, according to Pro Football Focus, his composite efficiency rating got worse every game he played. He became less efficient every game he played, and he had a sub-50 passer grade in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. A good Cincinnati defense, not even close to how good this Clemson defense is going to be. Clemson's defense, all four defensive linemen returning, uh, all four, by the way, going to be high NFL draft picks, not necessarily th- this year, yeah. but all going to be high draft picks. They got the Bruise Brothers bra- back at the linebacker, uh, James Skalski and uh, Balen Spencer. 
And they have the number eight secondary in the nation, according to Phil Steele. This is a complete team. It all comes down to DJ Uyengulele, and I think that... Nailed it. And I, I think he's going to be good. I mean, I keep hearing, well, he hasn't started a season yet. He hasn't... No, he's going to be just fine, and I trust Dabo to put him in good spots. So... This is going to be a cat and mouse game on special teams. That's where I'd say you got to watch out because Georgia has some of the best returners in the country, both punt and kick returners. But as I said earlier, my power rate, my pure power rating has Clemson four and a half points better. And this is neutral. Okay, so I have Clemson minus four and a half. And that's before the recent question marks to tight end Darnell Washington and nickel corner Tyke Smith. Both question marks. I don't know if they're going to be out, but they're certainly not going to be 100%. So I think both those injuries combined, being conservative, worth a half point. I've got Clemson minus five. I like this game. I'll take the Tigers. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Got a little bit out of this week's college football picks. And today is Saturday. So right after this, we'll do Saturday's quick picks with some uh, best bets for today. We'll talk to you then on The Sharp Angle.